You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is the High Hopes Podcast. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. of the High Ops Podcast, a Aaron Nola complete game, Jack Fritz, is he an ace edition of the High Ops Podcast? What up, pal? So tonight he's an ace, right? I oh, mean, yeah. that, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. he wasn't yesterday, though. I just want to be pretty clear that yesterday he was not an ace. Today, right. without question, an ace. So just right. yeah. so today, we, what we clarify Today, today, no one's, uh, you know, mentioning, hey, you know, September's or like, is he really an ace or does what what constitutes an ace? You know, today he's just our ace. Yeah, well, you are. To be fair, uh, you are the one who said you wanted people to react to Phillies games like Eagles games. So yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. you can't can't both ways, right? Frenzy, no, two no, and three, buddy. Can't. Two and three, pal. First, oh, first okay. series, we didn't talk about this. I saw Tim Kelly tweet this on Friday, and I hadn't even thought of it, but first series, uh, or first game Friday, and obviously first series, uh, regular season games against a non-AL East or NL East opponent in 573 days. That's pretty wild. And thank God, because I was getting like, sick too. of Me too. Of, it's a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing. It was like, wow, there's baseball, you know, outside the outside the East Coast. Yeah. There's, there's, they play in the Midwest and they play on the West Coast. I mean, how beautiful is that? And, um, you know, I mean, hey, maybe that was kind of a reason why Nola was so good that it was like, oh, I don't have to face the same guy. <laughs> That's actually again. a really good point, man. Like, I, I you know, I, I, I don't doubt that that could have played at least certainly part of a role. And. Like, look, uh, I know that, that the last time we spoke, it was a little less exciting for this team, but they did bounce back. They won two or three this weekend. We'll, like, dive into the NOLA stuff and everything, but, like, just where you at? Where's the Fritz meter at on Sunday evening after a, a two of three from the Cardinals? Sitting at eight and seven, a game back in the division. Uh, my main thought is that the if the if Major League Baseball doesn't let the Phillies play every single game at home for the rest of the season, they're a bunch <laughs> of cowards. I mean, seriously, like I just I need I need them to be at home all the time. They are they are so much more enjoyable when they're playing at home than when they're playing on the road. Um, but overall, I mean, you know, I'm not one to get too high or too low. I pretty much no, stay right in the middle. it's a good point, man. Yeah, yep. you're you're definitely you. not that guy. You're the you're not the one who's all. even killed Jack. That's what I call you. Uh, <laughs> my main take my main takeaway my main takeaway is this is a good team that had a bad week and I like I just think they're gonna be 
you know, battling a little bit over 500 the whole year. They played like the Cardinals aren't a bad team. I wasn't like overly impressed with the Cardinals this weekend, but um, they're not like a bad team. No, and they they're a good took team. two or three. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, look, I, you know, I think it, I think they're a good team. I'm with you. And I, I don't think people should react. The, the, it is going to be really interesting to watch this home road thing, though, because, you know, we talked about the numbers that, that you had tweeted out last time. And then just just this season is a very small sample size of evidence has been unbelievably stark from from home to, to road. So that'll be something to watch. But um, all right, let's dive into the weekend because there was a lot of fun, obviously, Saturday. Less fun, but but let's start with Nola because, uh, wh- I mean, you know, we did that whole thing on opening day or uh, second game of the season, but but Wheeler's opening start about, oh, you know, best start we've seen a Phillies pitcher have in a while, and Aaron Nola was even better today. So what what did you think of Nola? Well, it was nice of uh, nice of JT to. Uh, That's I finally... was so I, it was gonna be my follow up. I didn't know if you were just gonna dive in. I was gonna say. Do you have anything to say about JT? So let's, yeah, I should have just gone there from the beginning. I don't know why I actually asked you about Nola when I should have asked you about JT and then you could talk about Nola. Yeah, I actually thought JT did a good job today and I think he did a good job with Eflin on Friday. We'll get to that obviously later. Um, But yeah, I mean, listen, Nola's plan should be this. Every start, every start should be, he should spend the first three innings getting the fastball command down and getting real feel for his his fastball and be able to to get to it to both sides because if you throw it enough especially a guy like Aranola, he's a pro he does this all the time he's gonna find he's gonna find his his release point on it and stuff like he's gonna get comfortable with his fastball you just have to stick with it and what i thought of jt in the past is that he tries to get too cute all the time he tries to get you know he tries to get the curveball over and start that earlier the change up and really just commit to it but in reality for nola to be nola and the nola that we saw today it comes down to fastball command, and you saw it the first like five innings, they weren't squaring up his fastball at all. I think the only guy to really square him up was Yadi. Um, so it, it comes down to fastball command, and and for JT, he just has to stick with it. Just stick with it. I know he has this curveball that is enticing, and the changeup moves well with the fastball. You gotta stick with the fastball. It is it is so important for him. If he can get command at both sides of the plate, it makes everything off of his fastball that much better. So. Um, he was just he was just awesome, um, and his 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 four seamer was dancing. I mean, there's a couple times where he missed his spot by like, you know, he was trying to hit the outside corner, it ended up up and in, but like it had such a nice rise to it that it didn't matter. So um, it was just a brilliant pitching performance. Um, but really, for me, and that needs to be the plan the whole year is get the fastball over early and then work everything else in because because those pitches are only as good as they are off of the fastball. You can't just go out there and throw a bunch of curveballs and expect to have good success. You have to get the fastball coupled with it. So it was just uh, a masterpiece, and I think we finally can put the, the 2018 uh, Red Sox start to bed, even though it was a it was a magical night then in Fenway that night. Um, I think this is finally Aaron Nola's uh, best start since. Yeah, signature start, so to speak. And, and I, like, 
you could tell the way he's talked about the complete game over the last couple of years and how important it was to him with the seven inning thing. And he's like, yeah, that's, it's not a real complete game. And, and we heard after the game tonight that he told, uh, uh, Jardy would fight him if he took him out and all that stuff. Like, like he really wanted to, to notch this off the belt. Like he wanted to have a complete game on his resume and I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he was able to go out and I'm happy the St. Louis Cardinals gave him two outs on two pitches and the, in the top of the night, that was nice as well. Um, but it was uh, it was awesome to see, and also to see the velocity back up after the last start, where people were a little nervous about that and stuff. Um, so yeah, and look, the Cardinals, like you said, they're not like they're not uh, uh, the best team in baseball, but they're a good baseball team, and it's a solid lineup. I mean, they've got Arenado, they've got Goldschmidt, Yadier's hot right now, as we saw. All game on Saturday. Um, you know, they got some guys. DeYoung's a hitter. Edmonds a solid player. So it's not like it's not like you did against the Pirates. So um, I think it's really encouraging, especially for, like like you said, look, I know I'm with you. Like, I like the the reacting to it like it's the Eagles games, too, because it does matter to me like that. Like, every game I live and die, we talk about that. You do, too. That's what High Hopes is all about. We live and die with every game like it is an Eagles game. So we are prone to overreact sometimes and prone to live in the moment sometimes. But but to the narrative that that had been thrown around with the like, you know, especially I think the the game two of that doubleheader where, you know, you had lost the night before, uh, you lose the first game and you're really expecting Noel to go out and like, you know, give you uh, the game that Marcus Stroman gave the Mets essentially. And, and Today, coming off that ugly loss yesterday with a chance to win the series, Nola did exactly that and went out and won the game for you. I mean, like, look, Bryce Harper played a role, but, like, for the most part, Aaron Nola won this game today. And, you know, it, it was good to see because, I mean, again, like, ultimately, this team, we need, as we're seeing, and we'll get to, to one of them in a minute, but this team absolutely desperately needs Nola, Wheeler, and Eflin to be good more often than not if they're going to make the playoffs. So seeing Noel like that, knowing the kind of roles he can get on, especially as it gets warmer too, I think it was really encouraging. Yeah. And it's one of those starts that you needed your ACE to have, uh, you know, if they lost two or three at home this, with this weekend coming off the game Saturday and Noel looked bad again, I think things would have looked pretty bleak. Um, just on fan morale, morale wise. Um, yeah, but it would have yeah, been the first time under 500 too. They, they avoided that, which is nice. Yeah, I mean it's uh you know it's nice. It, congrats to to Aaron Ola for finally catching up to Nick Pavetta on complete games in a. <laughs> I was gonna get. I was gonna get there. I think that's the last one, right? Before. The last complete game was Nick Pavetta. No, nah, well, I feel like Eflin had to have mixed I one in there. I thought so, but I, I think I might have seen Johnny Heller tweet it. I could be wrong though. Wow, I mean, just Nick Pavetta just making records all over for the Phils. Yeah, um, at least nine in an incomplete game. I'm, I think they might add a seven. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're the only ones that really count. Uh, I mean, agreed. We we all agree that is the official high ups position. It does not need to be debated. A seven in an incomplete game in quotes is not a complete game. No, and those no hitters shouldn't count either. If someone happens to throw a no hitter, ooh, um, quick in seven quick innings. hypothetical but, for you: What if it goes nine in extra innings and the pitcher pitches those extra innings? Can we call that a complete game? I think so, uh, right? I guess, but I mean, t- I mean, and then you're it, pitching with a ghost like runner a... on second too. I mean, that's you know. Oh right, right. Added, that makes added, it added a, yeah, exactly. It's like a harder complete game. Wow. Anyway, sorry wow. for the tangent. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, it, it was just you know, I 
debating the Nola Ace things like whatever. Um, he's gonna have to do it in September, and he's gonna have to beat the Braves. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, it it was it was great. It was a start that you needed your ace to have, and yeah, I agree with you. It was one of those moments that it felt like Nola was kind of like just wanting to have, and there's been so many of those where it's like, oh, here's eight and there's here's eight innings of Aaron Nola, or here's seven and two thirds of Aaron Nola, but he just can't get over the hump. And honestly, mentally for him, it could be a huge hurdle to say, hey, I did this, I can do this. Um, and another thing, real quick before we move off of Nola, is I do wonder how much dumping the cutter and getting rid of it this start helped him. Um, just from the standpoint of like him throwing his cutter, he has to get kind of on the side of it and, or, you know, it's, 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 it's just a different feel in his hand, I think, than the fastball curveball changeup. And he talked uh, a lot about needing to get back on top of his fastball to kind of create that downward tilt. And he definitely had that back today. Like his fastball had, a little bit extra giddy up on it today. So I do wonder if ditching the cutter and kind of the weird feeling that it had in his, in, in his hand um, was able to get those other pitches back to where they, we've seen them. So um, just something to monitor going forward, I would say. All right, let's go back to Friday uh, and we'll go through the pitchers and then we'll get to all the other stuff. So uh, I guess the, the real question is, is after seeing what Aaron Nola did today, Jack, do you stand by your tweet from Friday night about Zach Eflin? For those who missed it, Jack tweeted, Zach Eflin is the Phillies' best pitcher. So, go, sir. Beers were had. Uh, <laughs> I figured. I figured. <laughs> yeah. The, the only time I really have beers while watching the Phils is on, like, Friday and Saturdays. Yeah, same. Um, and, listen, beers were had. I was extremely fired up about Eflin. It, like, James, I got to be honest with you, and we never lie to the High Hopes listeners, but um, I feel like, I don't know. It's not that I get a lot of stuff wrong. It's just like I go all in, and then it almost all, all, always blows up in my face. Yeah, and, it, and it, it, you've had some spectacular ones, I think is a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, I went pretty in on Eflin this year, and – um, it just, <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but it felt nice to be rewarded. Um, <laughs> and, and, and like, I just, I just need, I need my luck on my you, you need a, you, Jack needs to get one in the, in the wind column. You know, I think you've earned it. I think you deserve it, buddy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've, so, you've so taken see, some heat, some heat for opinions, which is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because... <laughs> The thing that's so annoying about about like Philly's opinions or whatever is like I lean towards positive. So like, and the, like whenever it goes bad, it's like, oh, see, he does suck. It's like great. Why can't it be like other sports where you predict everyone to be bad and they're good? You know, I always predict them to be great and they're <laughs> and they're never. I know. Great. I know. But but yeah, it was just I was just in a really good mood just watching Eflin and. You know, he had like he had like two straight innings where I felt like he threw five pitches, and I was just like, "This is like this is Roy Halladay light." I mean, this is what he is. He's just he's he's our version of Roy Halladay. So, um, and not that I like he's not his stuff isn't the same as Roy Halladay. Yeah, you don't worry. If, we we know we know. You don't. If you just if you just if you just put them like coming out of their little twist, you know, in their in their in their wind up or whatever. If you cut if you if you from their leg kick on, like the stuff is so similar. 
it's just it's crazy it's crazy and it's i don't know but i uh yeah it was a really fun night friday um again i thought i thought jt called a good game but i feel like eflin's a, a an easy-ish guy to call a game for because he can pretty much spot all his pitches you know you should have you should be able to keep hitters guessing all night long so um he looked great and you know he wasn't great the last start so for him to kind of go out there and have that kind of outing was massive and uh obviously he couldn't get over a little bit of a hump at the end so um but yeah he was he was awesome and the and the the two-seamer sinker thing was back to dancing the way that it was not his last start so that was good to see as well yeah he's really good man he's and look uh you know it's not uh kershaw bueller bauer but you know, if these guys are all on, Nola Wheeler Eflin's a legit top three. Like, it's one of the, certainly one of the 10 best top threes in baseball, and probably better than that. You know, it's up there. So it's a legitimate, a legitimate punch. So, you know, if you can get Eflin, I mean, he's the the real, I think. Now, wild card's the wrong word, because I think we all, certainly here in this this part of Philly's world, we're, we're very bullish on him this year and expected him to be really good, but he is the one who can kind of really... Um, increase the ceiling of the team with his performance. And also, like, no better guy to root for. I mean, we've talked about it before when, when Mickey Moniak, who we'll get to, when Mickey Moniak was on the pod, he said, you know, Eflin basically the best guy on the team, the one who he would have babysit my kid when I asked him that question. And and when Eflin came on the midday show, I talked to him for like 30 seconds before he came on. He, like, could not have been a nicer human being. He was awesome. I congratulate him on the kid coming. And he was like, just like genuinely appreciative and super nice. So um, easy to root for. Uh, all right. Before we get to to all the other stuff, um, we, we got to do it, Jack. Um, I know he's been your Everything. guy. I know he's been your guy. I know you were, Everything were in. You found a way to be in on him. In fact, if people want to, Go back and, you know, do the little scroll up through the podcast thing. You can probably see a, uh, a little title about uh, about this man. Um, how you coping, Jack? Where are you at with Matt Moore? Because I just, I, I'm going to just say it very succinctly for, for where I'm at with Matt Moore. And it's this, Jack. Matt Moore blows. He blows your response. <laughs> uh, I no longer care about Matt Moore. I'm... <laughs> I'm all good. Yeah, we're good. God, he's so bad, dude. He's oh yeah, it was like it was like so bad, so bad. Not even, not even a little glimpse. It, I mean, listen, if you're gonna throw 91, 92, or whatever, at least, at least be able to spot up. Um, and you know, this is one of those moments, James, where should just trust the gut. Um, you know, the gut said this guy's bad. He's been like the worst pitcher in baseball who since else, 2016. Who else could you have trusted besides Dude, the gut? Is there anyone that you talk shut to up. about the Phillies in a public I forum? Know, I know. Well, I mean, you're notoriously a Debbie Downer, so <laughs> okay, like, yes, wanna... yes. My <laughs> argument that that he hadn't been good in Major League Baseball since 2016 wasn't good enough. I get it, and even then, he was not great. I guess I just don't get like why you know <laughs> why did they spend three million well, on, on i mean think about it this way when you put it like this and chase anderson again i think is is what you're you're buying i think he's fine he's not good but you know he'll he'll be fine uh, for a fifth starter but like you think about the fact they gave Vinny v4 they gave three to more and then four to um 
to uh, to Dick Anderson. Anderson. I mean, that's Taiwan Walker. Well, that's whoever. I mean, like that's like you know, do that and then sign like whoever to be the other. Video. I mean, like it's just I, I, that again. I think Dombrowski had a really really good first off season here. I've been really impressed with a lot of what he's done. But I think if you're looking for an area to rip him, I, I think he did a bad job with the back end of the rotation. And the Velasquez, to be fair, I guess that happened before he got here, so I can't. We can't yeah, rip him did. for bringing Velasquez back. Yeah, it did. Um, and plus, you have a Dubal, who's another ten million. Yeah, no, and the, uh-huh. I agree. No, I'm look. I'm not blaming Dabrowski for the uh, for the general like the fact the Phillies have the fifth highest payroll is a joke, and it's not John Middleton's fault. Like, thank you, John Middleton, for having the fifth highest payroll. But like Matt Clentag just just pissed away money like unbelievable the situation this team is in considering that like you look at teams that are that are not that far ahead or way below the Phillies in terms of 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 you know money salary cap spent or not salary cap soft cap spent and and there's so much more talent on these rosters like the Braves for example it is it is frustrating Jack yeah I mean those teams also have way better um you know development and stuff so sure uh, of course but like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, you know, I, I'm almost willing to I'm almost willing at this point to kind of hit the reset button on all that stuff, because like um, like Barber's here now, um, uh, all the minor league guys like, you know, Ochard and Robles and and Herg and all those guys like they like we actually have an infrastructure now to where we can <laughs> develop talent, which yep. is exciting. Um, would have liked that would have liked that in uh, 2015 or, you know, 2016. Um, so it's, it's nice to have those guys here. So it's like almost, it's frustrating. I get it. You know, that they don't have like the young talent to come through the minor league system. But I also think that we're kind of just at the precipice of this whole thing turning around. So I, I look back and I say, that sucks, but also I'm excited for, uh, what we have in store. Yeah. And, and please, Dave, David, <laughs> Miss, Mr. Dombrowski. Yes. No more with Vinny. All right. Like, and, and Matt Moore is going to be gone. Matt Moore, this was a a failed experiment and everyone knows it. at some point I'll be gone. Maybe it will be a reliever who knows, but like Vinny has been years here with us, sir. Like no more. He's going to be starting game soon though. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just what it is. Honestly, I mean, (laughs) he's, he's not worse than Matt Moore. Like he's not better, but he's not worse. Like it's, pretty hard to be worse than Matt Moore. I mean, I it's possible Matt Matt Moore is among the two or three worst starters in Major League Baseball. <laughs> He's high on the list. I mean this with all seriousness. I watch every Phillies game. If I miss any bit, I go back and I and I rewatch it. The next time I have to watch Matt Moore and Vince Velasquez in the same oh game, God. it's off. It's just I'm out. yeah, it's I'm out. It's just it's not fair to us, is what I would say. Dude, it's like, oh my god, I have this written down for my take bag, but I, I'll just get it out now. Like, like, <laughs> I love everything about baseball. Like, baseball is my favorite. But I found something over the weekend that I hate about baseball, and it, I mean, I've thought this in the past, but it really just hit me, dude. Pitchers that can't throw strikes, I can't watch. Like, it. Is like Vinny nibbling at ninety three. Again, can't believe we call him Vinny Velo. But well, especially Vinny now, nibbling. especially now yeah. when they're like with like ten guys on the staff who throw yeah. harder. Yeah, I dude, I cannot watch pitchers that can't throw strikes. It's like it makes me want to rip my hair out. It, like 
it's a it's a six run ball game. We're down. Why why are you nibbling? Why are you throwing curveballs two zero? Like, can we just get a move on? I hate it. I hate watching pitchers that can't throw strikes. And it's the first time I sat there and was like, oh, so this is what people are talking about. <laughs> I I co-sign everything you said, Jack. Um, all right. Um, hold on, hold on real yes. quick before we get uh, move off of Matt Moore and Vince Velasquez. Yes. James, I've never wanted to do this. I've never been a proponent of it. But, I mean, when he's ready and able – they gotta give Cole Hamels a call. Wow, whoa, buddy! Wow, why this not? Is, this is look. I I'm not fighting you on it, but this is very. Uh, this is a, a big 180 for you, pal. Well, it's just there's no way. There's no way. Nothing could be worse. I'm not our old. dude. I would I would I would sign him I the know. second he's ready. I, I would be. The, I would have someone there just watching his rehab till he's like. Like, all right, you good? We're, we're, you ready now? Okay, good. Let's go. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. It can't be worse. Yeah, I mean, I, and I don't care if it's a, a Pedro-like thing or whatever, but there, like, I watched Matt Moore on sa- on Saturday, and I was like, there's no freaking way that, that Cole Hamels is is not as like is is worse than this. Wow. I mean, I at least I know this. Cole can, can command a changeup. If I could have yeah. expected anything to be said during this podcast, you saying you want Cole Hamels back. After all the slander you have thrown that man's way, I'm I'm like speechless, Jack. Well, here's here's I know what yeah. <laughs> I don't not like Cole Hamels. I love like, Cole Hamels brought me a first championship. I love Cole. He's a hero, and is what you're trying to say. I know, I know, I know. I just have I just don't forget 2009, but that's me. So, <laughs> so, so, and but yeah, it would be fun, like. The Philly is really going for it in their last in the for the first time since eleven. Obviously, they're going for it in in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. But you know, I, we both feel like this is the best team they've had, right? Um, having Cole pitching down the stretch oh, run would be can you imagine? Awesome. It would be like like jumping in a time machine. It would be so awesome. I, I wholeheartedly endorse this. Obviously, I would have. You know, it's not surprising. Well, honestly, to honestly, if we can. If you get if you bring back Cole, and obviously you worry about the health stuff, he's been hurt the last couple of years. But if you can if you can have Cole back and Chase Anderson, like Matt Moore, whatever, Vinny, whatever, and then hopefully Spencer Howard is is stretched out enough to to you know give them some healthy innings on the stretch, like that that'll that'll help mitigate I think the four or five concerns. So um, I don't know. It, it just well, it makes and look, too much there's always the trade happen. deadline too, like depending on what they want to do and where they are, if they're willing to spend and, and all that. So, you know, there are options. It's just, it's, it's one of those things, certainly with more, it's one of those things where you, you really have to start asking yourself, how much longer can we roll them out? Like how much longer can we allow ourselves to be at this big a disadvantage every five games? Yeah, I had that. I had that written down. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much longer you can, you can give them. I know. I mean, like one, two. two yeah. I was going to say one, two, somewhere in that range. You know, like two more starts, yeah. and then, and then I guess it's Vinny. Vinny, but, you know, uh, Ranger Suarez, Spencer. Maybe I doubt it though. Um, I mean, those are you know, if they're not going to sign someone, those are the internal options. That's what you're looking at. Yeah, well, and Adonis Medina started today on the uh, sure, sure at the at the alternate site, but that does not again really look, for me. No, but whatever. Like at this point, you know, 
try it out, see what you get. I mean, Cole Irvin's out in in Oakland tossing gems, so. Oh, he had one. <laughs> that was just messed up. That was just messed up. All right, all right. Um, I got a bunch of specific things I want to get to. Specifically, obviously, I want to talk about Harper, but the most importantly, uh, first and foremost, shout out to Mickey Moniak coming to the major leagues, getting a chance to play. It wasn't the best weekend for Mickey the plate. He's still getting settled in. But what do you think of seeing Mickey in the in the bigs, brother? Oh, it was great. It was great. And, um, you know, maybe maybe if he wants to turn his mojo around, puts on the High Hope shirt. You know, I think some so. Some are saying that's good luck. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And honestly, like, I, this is a, like, semi-serious. But, like, this is where I feel bad about, like, riling people up and, and getting them excited for, like, like players or whatever. Cause then it just puts like an extra added pressure on, on guys like Mickey um, who like, I think, I think is going to be a good player, but he's like super young and you know, he's playing center field and he's being tasked with like saving the center field position from being the worst position in like Philly's history. Um, so like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's it, like, he's going to, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be fine. I thought he actually had good at bats this weekend. I know today wasn't great. I mean, a lot of strikeouts, and whatever he's walked a couple times um on friday uh that that ball in the ninth inning was a home run on any other night that's a fact like he should have one home run in the year any another ball that was hit up the middle that's been a home run or that's been a single for 100 years so um you know he's faced a lot of lefties which isn't great um but you know i think he's played i think he's played good center field and he's walked a couple times uh, i think he's been on a couple fastballs and you know just give him a chance i mean you know, Hoskins <laughs> Hoskins was out the first 12 times he came up to the big leagues, and people were freaking out then. So, um, you know, it's it's the added pressure that that comes with being a Fritz guy, and um, I just hope that it, I hope that he can handle it. But it was it was awesome seeing him, and uh, and yeah, I thought I thought he played well defensively, and then hopefully the bat comes around as he kind of settles in and gets more comfortable. And if these teams can stop throwing lefties against them at the time being that would be great yeah i mean that's the thing we don't talk about enough it's like it's hard enough to be a 22 year old in major league baseball i mean like again you usually don't make the majors when you're 22 it's usually like the top top guys who make it when they're that young or younger you know it's got, you usually make it when you're in your, your mid-20s 24 25 that that general range and, and even later for a lot of guys i mean like nelson cruz didn't really make it in the majors he was like 28 or whatever um so uh, you know, I, I think that, like you said, it's unfair to give, uh, you know, to 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 judge Mick so harshly. Um, but on top of that, with the added pressure of being 22 in the major leagues, you also have that insane, unfair uh, pressure of of the Fritz curse, and that's something that you really have to like weigh on you. So it's like Mickey has to do so much more. So give him a chance. He's He's good enough. He'll get there. And I thought he looked like a major leaguer, you know? Like, last year when he came up, he looked a little uh, less comfortable, like a little, you know, more uh, fish out of water type of thing. And I thought, I think this year, like, stepping in the plate, like, I know he didn't have great at-bats today, but I thought he did the other night on Friday. And like you said, did hit that ball that was was a tank shot. You know, the wind was crazy. I mean, Harper um, should add two home runs, as you tweeted out. I think you're, 
you're running with that. Um, so uh, yeah, <laughs> you're running with that. And your point too, like, I mean, I think they people were tweeting out a weekend, but with no hits again today, I'm assuming the center field, uh, center fielder hasn't got a hit one, like 28 games or something like that. Center field. Since really, April 6th. You know, what the hell is that? Yep. I, mean, that's, I mean, not 28 games, obviously I haven't played that games. I mean, 28, whatever days, like that's crazy, dude. Like April 6th, like 15, 16 days, like 15 days. I'm bad at math. Uh, 12 days. That's insane. Um, regardless, um, I'm with you. Give Mick some time, you know, and look, he, yeah, and he's honestly, not Roman Gwynn. Hon- so that's, that's a good yeah. thing. And, and honestly, I feel like even with the at-bats, like, I still feel like I ha- <laughs> he has a chance, you know, unlike, unlike with Hazley and, and Quinn, I felt like they just weren't going to put like, even when Hazley made contact, it was like a, the ball just slammed out into the ground. Um, like he looks, his swing looks good. So, um, yeah, I just, there's a lot of pressure on him coming up. I mean, it, it seemed like I was actually surprised at the, like the overwhelming, like almost like support in a way or like excitedness for, for Mickey yeah, coming up. Yeah. And, and like, listen, that's great. Like, I mean, it's great that he changed the narrative and, and stuff like that. And people were excited for him to come up. I just hope that, you know, I, I just hope that, people don't like just sour on or put pressure on like every little thing he does. I mean, he's 22 again. He's 22. Right. Right. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's, he, he looked good this weekend. He had a couple balls hard that were just foul. I, I'm not too worried about it. And again, honestly, it, it hit whatever, as long as you, you, you play good defense yeah. in center field yeah. and, and can run the bases, it'll be all good. I'm with you. As long as you're not colliding into Bryce Harper for fly balls and, and all that. Um, all right. Um, speaking of which, and I want to get to the rest of the offense in a sec, but Harper, uh, tumultuous weekend for Harper, so to say. Played on Friday, then Saturday we get the news right before the game, before the line comes out, that he's got this back thing and um, and doesn't play. And then obviously looked awesome today. The just absolute tank shot in the first inning, like second deck, monster shot. Then that the the... I can't remember if it was the first double or the second double. The the one where he he just kind of went with the pitch, like we were talking about last time, and just batted it in the left field. Like that was just such a good piece of hitting. And um, where are you at on the scale? Because like to to not ignore the back thing. That was something that you talked about earlier in spring training. You've been talking about something that is a legitimate concern in your eyes now and moving forward. Where are you at with the weekend from Harper and, you know, heating up, but also the back thing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how long is like, uh, like the contract? It's uh, like, come on. It's like we can't, right? We can't just get a hot Harper. We have to get a hot Harper. Us to, we have to have these back issues with, too. It's like, come on. I mean, there's only 10 more years left in the contract, <laughs> you know. At least at least he's in his prime. Hey, Jack, can I ask you a quick injury. question? Do you, do you still miss the DH? You might want the DH, pal. We might want the DH coming our way. I did think that in the seventh today. <laughs> yeah, when Nola was up with two on, I was like, man, I, I really missed the DH. I know, I know. But then he, but then he factor in the bunts, and it's just it <laughs> all my all my worries about DH just right. go away. Yeah, all right. Har- um, Harper, where you at? So with with, with Harper, um, yeah, don't love don't love the back injury stuff. That's for sure. Um, especially given how early it is, and given how much work he put in. Now they they did say it was. Um, you know, precautionary and stuff, which they always say. Um, <laughs> I got a couple of thoughts. So there is nothing that excites old baseball fans quite like going with the pitch. 
and oh, like driving yeah, it. Oh buddy, because it's, it's, like, it's good hitting. Oh my god, it's good hitting, Jack. Oh my god, it's, what it's you're like, taught it's like to Harper do. hits one. Like Harper hits one 450 first at bat, and and everyone's like golf clapping. He slaps a ball down the down the, the left field line, and everyone's like weeping and and kissing babies <laughs> and uh, cheering and you know falling through their knees and you know, praying to the sky, saying, "Oh, thank God he went with the pitch and hit a double down the line." Oh, it's so annoying. Anyway. Um, yeah, listen. the 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 home, the home run today was stairs esque. I want to say. I mean, I think it was. I think it was more purely hit than the the walk off grand slam. Personally. It might have been. I mean, um, it was a a tank shot. Dude, it was like it was like it was like he was a golfer, <laughs> and you just squared it up off off the tee. Just an absolute missile. Um, and listen, he should have had two home runs on Friday night. Like, I am not letting the baseball gods and Major League Baseball, like, they're not going to tell me that he did not have two home runs on Friday. Bryce Harper is up to six home runs in the season. Like, there's there's no doubt in my mind. Um, he, he's up to six. There, Those balls were home runs in every other night. And whoever was working cameraman that night was also working cameraman in game five in 2011 because they were the same kind of thing. Um and he's, I mean, he's up to what, like 289 with a 980 yeah. on OPS? Yeah, his OPS is awesome. It's like, he's there. Like, yeah. It's, it's you know, I would like for him to kind of consistently do it, not have like the one game where he goes three for three and and does it, uh, like, you know, to keep it consistent throughout the year. But honestly, the the, the swing in his, in his third hit, I actually liked the most because it was kind of just right at the middle, easy, not trying to do too much, and... And Senate. So, um, and it was honestly, given how he was talking after the Mets series, for him to come out, come out and have totally, the series that he had against the Cardinals. Totally, totally. Yeah, that was that was massive because it, it's kind of you know backing up his word. I'm, I'm, I had the exact same thought. I had it written down. Like he came out after the Mets series and was like, "This isn't good enough. We can't be like this. Too many strikeouts. It's on me. It's on us." And then came out and backed it up. Like Friday, like you said, you know. I really do agree with you. I thought certainly the opposite field one I thought was a 100% a home run. And the other one I think probably would have been too. Like, but he, no matter how you look at it, Friday and Sunday, the two games he played was just ripping the ball. Like he's just hitting the ball really, really hard right now. He's seeing the ball and we know what he's like when he gets hot. And, you know, he's seeing the ball like a beach ball and he's just smacking it around the field. And and usually he starts the year hot. Like this was the longest uh, in his career that's taken him to hit a home run. I think it was like five games as opposed to his first three or whatever. And usually he starts off hot. It wouldn't be shocking if the back is okay to kind of see Harper get going a little bit here and get on a little run and and hopefully sustain that. Um, speaking of runs, uh, the other guy I really wanted to highlight, and then I'll, I'll ask your questions, like just general thoughts on the offense overall, is I think it was kind of a, a scattered weekend. Obviously, they had that, that six-run rally, uh, you know, the, the bloop and the error and the this, but it worked out and kind of got them going. And then, um, you know, it, it, certain guys are hitting, you know, Didi's quietly hitting over 300. Uh, but uh, outside, you know, I think there's kind of some up and down. Boehm keeps getting robbed. I mean, we remember the Acuna catch, the Edmund catch. Um, but I think the one guy we can all agree on is by far the most locked in this lineup right now is 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 Mean Gene. I mean, Segura has been awesome. What do you? Th- what is he doing right now that that's so impressive to you? And and do they need to move him up in the lineup? Because we've talked about the McCutcheon thing. 
Reese walked today, but still not walking at the same clip as before. Like, if McCutcheon keeps struggling, and even if he doesn't with the way Segura is hitting, do they have to start messing around with that a little bit, Jack? Well, if if McCutcheon kept struggling, I like the idea of Hoskins lead off Segura two hole, um, Harper three, Bohm four, DD five, JT six. And then Kutch and the center fielder down down there, but um, yeah, it's well. I actually thought I thought McCutch had a good weekend. I thought his bat was looking quicker, and he walked a couple times. So, um, kind of seems like we're kind of seeing a light at the end of the tunnel there with with uh, with Andrew McCutcheon's struggles. So hopefully he continues down that path. Um, but yeah, I mean, ever since we made fun of him for being a hit machine, um, <laughs> he's actually been a hit machine. So that's great to see. Um, but yeah, he's. His bat just looks quicker. Um, looks like he's trying. To, he's finally starting to square up balls. He's thinking right center field, which is where he should be thinking. I think he had like four hits the opposite way. So, um, yeah, he's a he's a getting him back to being the 315 homer hitter that we that he's been consistently throughout his career would be massive for this team. So, um, you know. The two holes change so much when it comes to um, how it's thought about in, in Major League Baseball. It's been changed to you want a productive hitter there that's going to work counts and, and whatnot. But, like, Segura, he always reminded me of Polanco, and I thought Polanco was a great two-hole hitter. So um, I don't think the numbers bear out him being a good fit in a two-hole, but in a traditional baseball sense, I think he'd be a great two-hole hitter. Um, so I don't know. We'll see, but at least, at least it's not, at least he is, is, is showing stuff again. And at least there's some hope that, um, they were going to, you know, get some value out of his contract. All right. A couple other things I want to run by you, but is there anything else outside of your take bag on the offensive side of things you want to mention before I throw a couple other things at you? No, I mean, just bone stuff, but we're, we'll get to that. All right. Quickly, uh, Jojo velocity down, uh, obviously did not look good on Saturday. Didn't look great against the Mets. And obviously the, we also saw, you know, the kind of not running down to first base on the Hoskins sliding play. But, um, are you worried at all about Jojo? Um, well, I'm worried if he's going to continue to throw 93 to 95. I mean, <laughs> there's a big difference in that and 95 to 97, um, you can make mistakes when you're 95 to 97. You can't make mistakes when you're 93 to 95. And what we've seen so far is that he's, you know, throwing the same pitches he thought he could hit at 97, but they're at 93. So, um, and they are, you know, mostly leaving the ballpark, which is not great. Uh, slider doesn't look like it has the same, um, sharpness to it. Um, but overall, not really because he was, still hitting 95 to 97 in, in spring training. So maybe it's kind of one of those light dead arm periods that, that he's kind of going through. But, um, you know, I think I'm not ready to like, pull the plug or send it back down. Cause I think he has the upside of being one of the three best relievers on this team. So I, I want to see that ability. Um, I just think, I think the velo thing is concerning and I need to get him back up to where he should be, which is 97. So, um, that's the, that's the main, main worry for me with Jojo. All right. Uh, that is actually, I think, uh, also, you know, happy birthday fanatic. Thank God they didn't lose on the fanatic's birthday, Jack. I don't know if I could have handled that emotionally. Um, that's all I got. I got a couple things at the end, but, but take back. All right. Um, take back time. Um, I'm out on the term hitting season and it has nothing to do with Charlie. Cool. Um, I love Charlie. I think he's great. It has nothing to do with anything else. 
It's just, you know, you're allowed to hit in April, okay? World Series are played in October. That's not considered hitting season. I just hate that any time the offense struggles, the, <laughs> the crutch term is, well, it's not hitting season yet. Well, I don't care if it's not hitting season yet. Like, you can still put, like, the Reds are unbelievable offensively. Like, they don't care that it's cold, you know? So, cool it with the term hitting season. You know, you're allowed to hit well in April. I don't care that it's not warm. Just put the put the, put the the term to rest, okay? I'm over it. I don't want to hear it anymore. Out on the term hitting season. I 100% agree with you. Wow, really? Yeah, good take. I agree. It's super annoying when everyone's like, oh, it'll, they'll hit when it gets warm out or whatever. It's, it's going to be hitting season. No, hit now. Yeah, Start hitting. I'm, I'm with you, Jack. Very with you. Everyone's you. playing in the same thing. Guess what? So if it's hitting season for you guys, doesn't that mean that every other team it's hitting season two? Like, then aren't they going to be hitting more too and they're hitting more now? Thank you. Agree. Great take, Jack. It it can't it can't be the thing when that we you rely started on, it when you, know. you started it I definitely 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 thought I was going to disagree with you, and I a hundred percent agree with you. Thank you. I hope that's how everyone else reacted to it <laughs> when I said it. again, again. It's nothing again. It's nothing against Charlie. Anything like I love Charlie. All that stuff. Yeah. It's just it's annoying that you can't even have a conversation about offenses in April when they're slow without being like, well, it's not warm yet. <laughs> it's not how it works. Okay. Um, thank you. I had to get that yeah, one off my chest. I, I liked it again. I agree. Um, Bohm is just getting eaten alive on fastballs in, um, and like <laughs> for as much as people applaud hitting the ball the other way and using all fields, and uh, again, I think that's great. But for Bohm to to truly reach the next level, he needs to learn how to pull the ball in the air because. Like, even the ball that he hit to the wall today in right field, it's like, oh, no, that's a good piece of hitting. Well, it was 91 right down the middle of the plate. Like, can we hit that, you know, 430 to left? Um, so it's just something he's going to have to adjust with, and I'm sure they will. I mean, he's such a crazy hard worker that will be fine. But, he that like, lefties are just, you know, pounding him in, pounding him in, and um, he's getting kind of slidered to death um, uh, versus the righties. So, you know, it's, it's all an adjustment, but – yeah, until he really shows that he can pull the ball well, he's just going to continue to get pounded in. So um, hopefully he can he can make an adjustment because it could be a it could be a tough little stretch here for Bohm. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. It is uh, I hadn't thought about it in those terms, but as you said, anecdotally thinking back, it's like yeah, you're right. Like he does always go the other way with that. Isn't really um, you know you don't really see him yank too many shots. He had that one. Um, one that I'm remembering that he yanked to left. Maybe it was the home run in Atlanta. Did he hit a home run in Atlanta that I think he yanked? But um, regard no, no, it was. I mean, it was last year against the Nationals. He hit one to yeah. left, and then his first homer this year was like 4:30 to like left left center. center. That's the one I'm thinking about. But he didn't yank it. So I'm with you. I think that's a good. Uh, well, I'm agreeing with you a lot right now. All right, what else you got? I know, I know. Um, yeah, but eventually he's got to learn to, to to pull the ball. So. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Nola Nola did two a thing, two things today. I don't know if he realized this, but um, he, he got ahead of the A stuff. But also, um, I tweeted before the game that I need seven innings I of saw. one run ball I for Aaron saw. Nola today. He outdid that. Yeah, yeah, he he did outdo it. So um, once again, mushes do not exist. They are not a real thing. I tweet a lot about the Phillies, mostly positively. 
Okay. So today is a win for the anti-mush <laughs> crowd. Okay. It's good. Everyone, How about this one? Speaking of days, no, I forgot to mention this. You see the Corey Simon tweet that with his complete game today, Aaron Nola leads all of Major League Baseball in innings pitched since 2018, one out ahead of Garrett Cole. It's pretty wild, man. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, in this day and age, that's that, especially with this being his first complete game, that's that's impressive. Well, he also has the third lowest ERA in baseball yeah. since 18. Yeah, I saw that too. DeGrom and, and Cole. DeGrom and Garrett yeah, Cole. Yeah, so. so he's, you know, the numbers are there, right? Yeah. Uh, all right, what else you got? <laughs> Who's to say? Is he really an ace? <laughs> no. I'm not sure. Um, um, yeah, I think it, and his ERA right now is down to like 228, two, 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 I think, or 225. Yeah, something yeah, like two, that. Two, yeah. yeah. That's great. <laughs> oh, God. This this city, man. I love it. Yeah. Um, um, oh, you know what argument I hate and that watching him this weekend kind of put it to bed? Like, dude, Yadier Molina is a Hall of Famer. Like, why is there even a debate about this? I mean, at the at the dish is whatever, but, like, what he does behind the plate is, like, ridiculous. I mean, he controls the whole game as, like, a quarterback. Why, why is there any debate about Yadier Molina being a Hall of Famer? Uh, I mean, because it's baseball, and you know that, and the numbers offensively are not there, so I get it, but... I, I agree with you. I think he's Hall of Famer. I feel like he's Hall of Famer, what he's done. And look, I mean, 18 years. He's played catcher in Major League Baseball for 18 years. Like, just think about what that is for your body and the dedication he has held up defensively the entire time. And and offensively, look, I mean, whether he's batting like three-something right now, 350 or something, and he'd certainly torch the Phillies on Saturday night. Yeah, I, I think a, a clear Hall of Famer. And, I mean, like, think about all, like, the beating that guy's taken through the years, 18 years. We all remember the the ruptured you-know-what, Jack. So, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think Yadi's a Hall of Famer. Well, and you got to factor in what he does with that pitching staff. I know that I might agree. sound overrated, I people. I agree. I agree. But like, they've never had like a one multiple World Series. Staff. Like, I'm, I'm very with you. I think this is a good take. What is going on tonight? Are we done? How are we doing this? I know. Well, it's just like I see this it's way too congenial here. I know. I know. Well, Noel threw a complete game. I know. You're right. You're right. We're in a good it. mood. It's a good thing. Um. David Bell lives on, James. I saw. Bryce Harper was a, a, a triple away from it's tough, Jack. Finally Ah, dude. I just I just need it. I absolutely need it. I need I need that memory of my life gone. It's David it's Bell such I mean and, and and sadly in a in a concurrent thing, Nick Pavetta wiped from the you know, record books, I guess, to say with the last complete game today. So double whammy for you. From that perspective, like I even I re- even remember sitting there the night that David Bell hit for the cycle, and I was like fuming, and I was like super young, but it was like still I was like I, can't, I this is my my least favorite Philly hitting for the cycle. It's like it's like a continual bit the Phillies keep playing on me is that no one's gonna hit for the cycle just so we can keep living on like even the pictures of him on Twitter or on Google in a Phillies uniform, he just looks miserable to be there. Yeah, I love this. Worst. This is anyway. one of your great irrational takes. I just, I, it's I a just great one. This. It's an outstanding, just, it just absurd take, and I love it. <laughs> please. I do. Um, and and finally, finally, our uh, our former manager is returning. Oh, home this that's week. where I was going to go, my friend. So let me ask you, in, in honor of his return, very quickly. Um, okay. In what inning would Gabe have pulled Nola in today's game? Seventh. Oh, Does he let sixth, him go eight? Seventh. Yeah. Yeah, probably seventh. Right. Seventh. Yeah. 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 Whenever he got in a little bit of trouble, he's probably going to pull him. So, 
Um, I just want to ask you though, like, you know, what was what was your favorite memory of the gay era? Oh, uh, I, uh, probably the drops that that you put together. I like that idea. I love it. I I still say that in in random conversation with people. I'll be like, I like that idea. I love it. And they'll look at me and have no idea what I'm talking about, but I know. So I would say the drops. All right. Well, I think for me, it's easily, well, him versus Angelo was always amazing. Yeah, that one in particular where they, where he was like, I don't think you've handled this interview well. Like that whole thing was, yeah. that was yep. a classic. I agree. That Incredible. was awesome. Incredible. I don't know. There's so, so many, many, but. Hobie Hobie Milner's nasty brother yeah. is probably my favorite. Oh, oh, and also a, a, a honorary mention for Justin Bore, emotional warrior. That's a, it's a strong one. I just, it's gonna be nine and six. Three. The nine and six Giants coming to town, Jack. Well, yeah, he's a good manager. Yeah. Try to well, tell they, people they, that. Um, they beat the Padres twice, but there hasn't been a lot of uh, stiff know, competition otherwise. I know it's gonna be an amazing week. I'm though. so excited! Like, just, I'm so excited I mean, for it. Do you think? Do you think Gilio sleeps tonight? <laughs> no, no, he's way no? too excited. Way too excited. Yeah, he's way too excited. Yeah. I might I'm gonna have to have him pop on the show tomorrow. Oh, uh, it's a must. It That's a must. This is this is um, a Super Bowl. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, Gabe's coming back. He's talking about like how he wants to go to the coffee shops in Northern Liberties uh. and. Oh, he's just—he's so back. So he's so good. excited to be back. So good. I, <laughs> it must be nice. That, it must be nice that he has like a amazing general manager there. So. Oh yeah, with Farin. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's yeah. like, wow, this is yeah. this is cool. I like how, Dude, I like it's how gonna this works. Be, it it's gonna be so funny the first time he like goes out of the mound. I mean, I can't wait. It's I. This might be the most set I've been for a Philly series that's not opening day in a while. Well, that's it's why, like, that was one of the few uh, benefits of last season being only against the ALEs and NLEs is that we didn't waste Gabe's return without fans in the stand because that it, it's it's too good. Yes, and like, th- there's like legs to stand on that he's pretty good given his record with the Giants, so you can have like kind of opinions yeah. on both sides. No, it's, it's great. Good. It's fun. It's great. It's great. Um, I can't wait to see him, and uh, I can't wait for like, I don't know. I, I it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun week of of ah, our jobs. That's for ah, sure. I love it. All right. Uh, quickly before we get out of here, a uh, a hearty farewell to Jay Bruce, former Philly. I I, I uh, retired. For those who didn't see, just said like like Mike Schmidt style. He's like, I don't have it anymore. I'm I'm done. Uh, retiring after tonight's Yankees game or today's Yankees game. Uh, I enjoyed the Jay Bruce era, Jack, here in Philly. Jay Bruce, yeah, yeah. Um, he was he was fun. I think you, I think he gave us yeah, more think, fun than not fun. I think you've tweeted, I don't know, Jay twelve Bruce times. Is the greatest the best player in the Phillies, time or something. Yeah, I mean, I'll never. Even Jay I'll Bruce never had a thing. I'll never forget his first freaking game uh, in San Diego, uh, where he went yard a couple amazing. times, and everyone's like, "Oh, we're back." So good. It was fun. The Jay Bruce era was fun. All right. Uh, final thoughts before we get out of here, Fritzy. My final thought is that, um, so I watched the game alone today cause, uh, Jill went out with, uh, with a friend uh, in the afternoon and she comes in after being out and I said, Hey, Nola threw a complete game shutout. And she said, Oh, cool. <laughs> Sorry. I missed it. And I was like, I mean, could you be a little bit could more you, excited? Could you recognize Noel's- how important this is to me? 
I just felt like I felt like the reaction was just very subdued. And I would have liked a little bit like, wow, really? He did that? It was like, a, oh, cool. Why would I possibly care about that? So, listen, everything's fine in the Fritz household. Um, For now. This is actually this is actually my last podcast in this oh, house. Oh, wow, buddy. Before, before wow. we move. So, I'm going to be exhausted next Sunday because we'll be moving. Oh, yeah. So, maybe uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll we see. might not do we'll it. But my mom is actually visiting. Uh, she's coming on Tuesday. So first time I'll be seeing her for a year and a half since she's been in Miami. And she's staying for a couple weeks. So definitely going to be a we'll figure it out. We'll make it work when we can make it work. It might not be the normalist high hope schedule, but we will definitely have pods out. Um, all right, Jack, uh, my final thought. Uh, it's actually a question. I was thinking about it because like. It's one of those things where. You know what he's doing for so much of the year. If it's March, you know what he's doing. If it's April, you know what he's doing. If it's football season, you know what he's doing. What do you think Jim Nance is up to now? Like, what does he do during this time when he doesn't have these these big events to call on it? Is he just, like, chilling? What do you think? Well, given that a lot of his schedule is probably freed up since he resigned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would, I would anticipate old Jimmy boy is, uh, probably on the golf. Yeah. Well, that's, that's honestly, I'm not really as concerned about what, what he's doing or, or how he is. I'm more concerned about how I'm going to be able to mix him into the podcast with him not doing things and thus not giving me opportunities. So it's going to be a trial, Jack. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be something. Listen, if the, I mean, there's one thing that I know about you is that you're already very committed. To this, but um, <laughs> If you, if you don't want me to, it's have like my the tiny... only thing I have right now. It's like my, it's, it's my, my life vest that I can grab onto that keeps me floating above water. I'm just saying that if you don't want me to have like my, my spidey senses alerted, yes. you know, maybe, maybe mix it in earlier than the last oh, thing on the that's, podcast. Yeah, and then that's I'll, a I'll decent point. That's a decent point. Caught, yeah, caught less off guard. Yeah, it's true. So. All right, well we'll see. Yeah, see, I used to. You I'm did on, see it I'm coming. On to you, I'm on you did see it coming. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm on to yeah, you. I know. All right. Uh, two or three. Let's beat Gabe in his return. Be nice to Gabe if you're down there. I would cheer for him. I know that a lot of people won't, but I would. Wow, you would cheer. I for would him? give Gabe a, a a a golf clap, and then I would boo him the next time he came out. Um, see what I would do. Is I would give like I would be obnoxious in my support, just yelling just like, like I love you, Gabe. Yeah, Gabe, you're the best. Would, we missed you, man. Yeah, I might have to go down to a game. Just I, to be if you do, I, I, I would like to see this. So, yes, yes. All right. Yes. Um, we'll be back soon at some point. Um, and uh, yeah, two and three. Be Gabe. He's for himself to a sealer. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.